It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everyone. We're back again. It is Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. My name is Matt. This is Daily Crypto News. And I want to say thank you to everyone who has left reviews. I don't say thank you enough. I ask for reviews, but I don't say thank you enough. Reviews like fantastic daily crypto news from Google's everything on my phone. <laughs> well put together, says Pat Ty. Matthew is legend. Thank you very much. Surreal Sean. Look no further, as this is the one from Old Stronzo. And the best crypto podcast out there from Ibico. I want to say thank you to everyone who's left. There's more comments, by the way, than that. And I, this is, those are just some that I picked out. And I wanted to say thank you to everyone who leaves the comments. And if you could, please do me a favor like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment and a nice five star rating. It helps us stay visible. And I appreciate you. And I was having some deep thoughts yesterday about podcasting in general that I wanted to share with you. And this is my third podcast. And I was listening to Andrew Schultz. And Andrew Schultz is a comedian. He was on Flagrant. He's on Flagrant with Akash Singh. He's also on Brilliant Idiots with Charlemagne. Anyway, I, I'm a big fan of his comedy. And I, he's kind of like my guilty pleasure to watch uh, his uh, silly podcast or silly, silly YouTubes where they just basically tell stupid jokes all the time. But... It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Long story short, he was talking about something about in the industry the other day that I thought was very interesting. And this stemmed from Joe Rogan getting a new $250 million deal from Spotify. And this is after his alleged $100 million deal from Spotify. And I say alleged because nobody knows how much it actually was. But Spotify locked in Joe Rogan for $100 million. Now they gave him $250 million. That gives him actually more freedom to use his brand as he wants. Now, Joe Rogan has never given up his IP, never given up his brand, never given up his podcast. And there's one thing to be learned about this that I didn't learn until <laughs> too late, to be perfectly honest with, with you, is that so many people, when they sign these big deals, this is their payday. And with this payday, the companies that they're signing with take their IP. And so when you're doing these deals, Andrew says, that he's seen a lot of people 
not negotiate the money that they need because this is their only shot. And he says this because if you get a Spotify deal and you're asking for 50 million or something, you have to understand that you captured lightning in a bottle with this show. And if you're signing away your IP, it doesn't mean that you're going to leave. Maybe there's going to be a non-compete, but you're not going to leave and just start a new show. That's going to be as successful. And he says 99 times out of 100, if that happens, you're not going to capture that lightning in a bottle, no matter who you are. Now, there are people, we can always find those examples of people that can move from show to show and still be very popular. Tucker Carlson is the first one that comes to my mind from Fox into X, even before Fox. But it's very rare somebody can start a podcast and continue to retain or attract new audiences over and over and over again after their IP is basically sold to another company. And so basically, if you're negotiating a contract with a company that takes your IP and the rights to your show, you better get paid basically for the lifetime. This got to be your retirement because it's very hard to capture lightning in a bottle. Like there's many stars and actors and famous people and rich people that go out there and try to make a podcast, make a YouTube channel, and it just doesn't work out. Michelle Obama, her show didn't work out. Meghan Markle, her show didn't work out. You don't have the charisma. You don't have the format. You just don't have it just doesn't work for some many, many different reasons. It might not just be you, but just the many different reasons. And so if you have to leave your show, you're going to have to try to retain that same audience and they want to move with you. And so I was reflecting on this when I was looking at the reviews because um, James Holden, who is a longtime listener of mine, sent me an email the other day and said, hey, I came with you from Decrypt as well. And I want to say thank you because I started with Crypto 101. And some people from Crypto 101 went to Decrypt. And then some people from Decrypt stayed with the whole brand change, whatever, to GM. And then some people are still here with Daily Crypto News. And that's after we started Today in Web3. Now it's Daily Crypto News. And so from a show that was 100,000 listeners per episode in only audio format to the Decrypt Daily, which was around, I don't know, during the bull market, around 20,000 listeners to now being in the thousands of listeners, uh, it, it, it's been a strip away of audience for me. And it makes me reflect on podcasting to go, and honestly, this is any business. If you have a brand, if you have an IP, and if somebody wants to buy you or you need to move from it, make sure that you get a good payday because that could be the only lightning you capture in the bottle. And the other one is, is understand how hard it is to, once you are, have the right place, the right time, the right concept, the right voice for the right audience, it's not always you're going to find the same thing over and over, over again. And so relish the fact that you got it. And it's the same thing in business. If you listen to the All In Podcast, you hear Chamath and the Davids and J. Cal, they say it all the time. That, that one startup that is successful after all your failures and being an entrepreneur, that one startup that is successful is that one time that most people don't even get. And that one exit that makes you a millionaire or a billionaire, most people don't get it. You only have that one. And they all talk about that one that they have. Jason has Uber, David Sachs has Yammer, and so on and so forth. So you have that one opportunity. And so if you do, don't let it go. Joe Rogan, when he signed, he's not letting go of his IP. He will take that IP and his audience wherever he goes. Looking at reviews made me think of a lot of things today about you know past regrets, past successes, what's happening in the space. Lots of things that I've learned about not only business, when it comes to trading here, you might have one success when it comes to a meme coin that goes through the roof. You know, Just make sure, and people ask me about trading advice and when to take profits. Like, If you got it, you got it. Don't think that you're going to get more and don't think you can continue to duplicate a huge fucking win. 
make sure when you got it, you got it, and you take advantage of that opportunity. I'm sorry, I've been really retrospective and introflective today. Let's get into today's news because we also have an interview coming up with Austin Alexander, who is the co-founder of Layer 2 Labs. This title caught my attention. I thought it was silly, um, and I still think it's silly, but I appreciate Jason Nelson for writing it. It's beyond 69000 What is the real price Bitcoin has to reach to beat its all-time high? And I think it's pretty obvious to anybody it has to beat $69,044 per coin. But you can start overthinking things. What about inflation? Well, if inflation has been continuing at a 4 to 8% year over year, should we be factoring that in as well? What about the supply of Bitcoin? In December of 2021, the total supply of Bitcoin was 18915000 or so. And now it's up around 713000 or 3.8% to $19,630,000. Should the target for an all-time high Bitcoin should be closer to around $75,000 opposed to 69044 The answer is no. All-time high Bitcoin is all-time high Bitcoin. All-time highs are measured in nominal rather than real terms. So claiming that Bitcoin's price must break an all-time high and adjusted for inflation is basically apples to oranges. Don't let anybody fool you. We're looking for a $69,000 Bitcoin. The European Central Bank advisors have doubled down on their criticisms of Bitcoin, suggesting it has failed to become a global decentralized cryptocurrency and has instead fallen victim to fraud and manipulation. I think the only fraud and manipulation here is what the United States banking sector or people who are trying to regulate this is telling our allies, in air quotes, allies around the world, how to handle this situation. That seems like manipulation and maybe even fraud. The European Central Bank said that the United States Securities and Exchange Commission approval of a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund in January is like the naked emperor's new clothes arguing that it doesn't change the fact that Bitcoin is not suitable as a means of payment or an investment. And they continue to say that the disciples of Bitcoin look at the price and the ETF approval as proof that Bitcoin is a triumph. I really like this tweet from Man Bear Bull. This person tweeted this and said, Bitcoin was invented in 2009 and it's now 2024. That's a long time for a scam to run, isn't it? I tend to agree. England's Law Commission is seeking views on draft legislation to assign property rights to crypto and called for evidence for its project on digital assets and electronic trade documents. Personal property rights are important in many ways, including in events of insolvency or where assets are interfered with or unlawfully taken. However, because digital assets differ significantly from physical assets and from high base assets like debts and financial securities, they do not fit within traditional categories of personal property. Digitization and decentralization also pose significant challenges to traditional methods by which private international law resolves conflicts in jurisdiction and conflicts of the law. This is actually very interesting because personal property means a lot of things and also how it can be seized, how it can be taxed, how it can be held, how it can be transferred, inheritance, estate, so on and so forth. Um, very interesting, very interesting. And there's probably pros and cons to calling Bitcoin or any digital asset personal property. If you're a lawyer, which I know there's a couple that listen to this show, uh, if you want to weigh in, that would be very interesting because I don't even know where to start thinking about this. Let me know. Matt at DailyCryptoNews.net. Now in our super long show today, here is Austin Alexander, who is the co-founder of Layer 2 Labs. Enjoy. 
There you go. Austin Alexander, he's the co-founder of Layer 2 Labs. How you doing? Welcome to Daily Crypto News. Doing very well. Can't complain. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So you are at Satoshi Roundtable in Dubai. How's it, how's it looking over there? Yes, it's looking excellent. Very excellent. <laughs> it's an incredible crowd and beautiful weather and a very nice location here. And uh, they're about to serve... Uh, a dinner buffet that is uh, literally uh, you, you, like nothing you'll see outside of Las Vegas. It's incredible. Love it. Love it. Okay, so what we're here to do is talk about Layer 2 Labs. And we're just going to do a quick 101. Plus, I have a couple of questions after watching uh, some videos on your website. Just give us a, a quick overview. What is Layer 2 Labs? What are you trying to do? Layer 2 Labs is a Bitcoin software development company that's uh, primarily focused on well a number of uh, of uh Layer two and value adds on top of Bitcoin. Um, the pri- primary software we work on is is BIP three hundred drive chains. Uh, I would say drive chains is a combination of BIP three hundred, which is uh, hash rate escrows, and BIP three hundred one, which is blind merge mining. And those two allow for a system where you can spin up a, a blockchain, a side chain of Bitcoin. It's a blockchain that has no native asset or no native token. Um, or it, it could, but you know, 99% probably will have none. And, uh, you can then move Bitcoin from the Bitcoin main chain onto one of these side chains. And the most important part from an engineering perspective is that you can then take those Bitcoin and move them back to the Bitcoin main chain, uh, from these side chains so that you can have 21 million Bitcoin power, basically, uh, infinite blockchains. Interesting, interesting. And so what do you what do you plan to you could do with that? Is that more like an Ethereum kind of competitor, but with Bitcoin? Would you be using like Satoshi's as gas? How, what what is the vision for the development it's of like, that? It's mean, like it's that, it's that and and much, much, much more. So the reality is is that the vision is could be so huge that it's ninety-nine percent of what's possible with this it hasn't even been thought of. Um so at the very base level and one thing that one of the, you know, two or three things that most people immediately go to would be like an EVM competitor. Um, but basically, it, it's a, you can clone any existing blockchain and do much more than that. But just any anything that already exists out there, you can basically copy it and paste it onto Bitcoin. So we already have um, created a uh, an EVM sidechain. It's, you know, ready if, if, if and when... Um, Drive chains is added to Bitcoin that would be ready to launch day one. Um, and you can basically put any contract that functions in the EVM environment. You can do it on this, uh, 
Bitcoin EVM. Uh, another major one that people go to and, and, and brainstorm is um, kind of privacy chains. So you could do, uh, and what we have, uh, and actually what was the first production sidechain built um, to kind of prove this out and, and test it was a Zcash clone. It, um, what's really interesting is that the Zcash was basically, it was basically a copy of Zcash that was done in like less than 48 hours after Zcash has spent who knows how many years and how many PhD cryptographers to build out the, the tech. We were able to just copy the, the tech of the Zcash drive chain and paste it on top of Bitcoin in uh, almost trivially compared to how it was, how, how much work it would take. So what, you, what essentially this allows you to do is to copy everything onto Bitcoin. So imagine Bitcoin, uh, imagine a superhero that can absorb the superpowers of every other character in the whole, you know, Marvel universe or whatever, you know, and that's what you have here. You have it so that you have what's the strongest network, the most valuable network, the most secure network, the most powerful network. Uh, the only, like, in many people's opinions, and, you know, I'm kind of there, the only real network that has any chance of surviving wartime conditions and being around in a hundred years. And you can put every other attribute of every other altcoin on top of that. You, I mean, look, it's the, it's, you said it's like the superhero absorbs all the uh, powers of the Avengers. Um, it is, you know, we're all, you know, fans of Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is also old school. It is also uh, notoriously slow. It, it, sometimes uh, transactions are a little expensive. Did, how can it can p compete with some of these newer blockchains, or should it even compete with newer newer blockchains? And why would you? Oh, want it, to it can now compete it easily. I mean, the, the the reason for those attributes of Bitcoin is is they're not they don't exist in a vacuum. They exist because of trade offs made in in security and, and decentralization. Uh, so what you the ideal uh, architecture for a a blockchain is to have small blocks, very secure foundational layer, very decentralized foundational layer. You want the, in fact, you probably want smaller, I would think you'd want smaller blocks if you were starting from scratch than even what Bitcoin has. Um, and then on top of that, you can uh, uh, build further layers that um, have trade-offs for more capacity, more transaction throughput, um, faster transaction times, whatever you're looking for, whatever those trade up, but, but insulate those trade offs from the base chain so that you have as, as secure and as broadly, uh, uh, applicable base chain as you can, the most decentralized as possible, the most ready for wartime conditions. And then on top of that security, you can, you can do a, you know, Binance smart chain clone that has one node that controls everything you theoretically. And you can do that without passing those trade-offs back to the Bitcoin main chain. So the trade-offs that come with uh, blockchain bloat or bigger, uh, uh, more any any technical requirements on nodes that would decentralize those networks, those remain. And you know, uh, uh, only the people who care to make those trade-offs and use those networks on top of Bitcoin can can do that. But the the base chain that secures the 21 million tokens that are shared amongst all the networks that remains as robust and secure as possible. Layer twos are, you're called layer two labs, but layer twos in the in previously in the past have been notoriously prone to attack. Well, how, how, how do you, how do you prevent that with layer two on Bitcoin? Because you, um, so the, the main way you do that is you uh, facilitate, you, 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 you borrow the security from the Bitcoin base chain 
uh, through blind merge mining. Um, the way it essentially works, I mean, so blind merge mining was something invented by Satoshi Nakamoto. It's been around for, I don't know now, more than a decade. I mean, well more than a decade. Um, and it's been used on things like Namecoin, which was the first altcoin, um, and uh, which I believe is still in existence and still is being merged mine on top of Bitcoin. Famously, Dogecoin is merged mine on top of Litecoin. Um, so it's a concept that's been around for a long time. Um, and the way, but the way that this improvement to merge mining works is it adds a, uh, I don't know, basically it makes it so that the miners don't have to run the software. Traditional merge mining, the miners have to run the, the Bitcoin miners would have to run the Namecoin software or the Litecoin miners would have to run the Dogecoin software in order and, and maintain a node of those things in order to participate in, in the, in the merge mining. But the way this works is that basically, uh, it's like an auction system, essentially, so that miners of the layer two chains are uh, pre presenting that they, they, they need to include a certain piece of data uh, and get that mined into a main chain Bitcoin block in order to to validate that they've uh, you know done a certain amount of spend in order to to secure the the, the layer two. So they essentially whoever's going to pay the highest transaction fee on the to the miners on the layer one get the the next block found on the merge mine layer two. So you're able to um, almost trickle down the security of the Bitcoin blockchain, which is by far and away the most secure network. I mean, it's in a league of its own, quite literally. And you can you you you're able to borrow that security and pass it along to the layer twos. So it's a very different, very, very, very different um, security model than the, than the layer twos that exist on on some of the altcoins, and then a far, far, far more secure model as well. All right, last, last question. I know you need to eat some uh, buffet over here, the the best one outside of Vegas. Um, last question is what do you what do you think, and do you have an opinion on Bitcoin ordinals? Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin ordinals uh, is literally the perfect. Um, demonstration of the demands to innovate on top of Bitcoin and to have transactional space that borrows the security. The, the, the main value add of Bitcoin ordinals, the, the main pitch is that it's 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 your the assets that you're creating or the 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 NFTs that you're you know buying, collecting, storing, whatever you want to do with them, they're being stored on the most secure, most robust, most used network that there is. And there's infinite demand for Bitcoin block space. And what BIP 300 does is, is creates uh, infinite innovation layer on top of Bitcoin to utilize that block space the absolute most efficient way possible. So whatever demand exists, whether it's transactional, whether it's whatever type of transaction it is, whether it's in embedding um, uh, JPEGs or any other sort of uh, NFT or even in the future real world assets. And that was Austin Alexander, co-founder of Layer 2 Labs. Link is in the show notes. We got cut off there, but it was still very interesting. He had to go eat his buffet. Now let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the time is 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're greedy, it is at 73. We are greedy. Bitcoin is in at $51,334, up 0.2% in 24. Ethereum's at $2,970, up 2% 2 in 24. Tellers number three, Binance is on a tear. It's at 379, up almost 3%, or 5% and 7. And Solana is at 104, up 1.6%. Told you yesterday it was a buy. It's only up a percent. Still a buy, by the way. Not financial advice. 
right off the top 10, we have XRP, USDC, Cardano, Avalanche, which is up a percent, and Tron, which is still in the top 10. Please kill this coin. The total market cap is 1.96 trillion, a Bitcoin dominance of 51.3, and an ETH dominance of 18.1. And that was our show today. We'll be back tomorrow on Friday for Friday. What, what do we do on Friday? You all know we have Asia Focus with Sarah Kwan. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.